Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. Genesis chapter 3 verse 7. to uh, 
expose ourselves and show our nakedness to everybody. We also learned that we have to have some people that we can get naked in front of and not be ashamed. We learned that nakedness is not reserved exclusively for nudity, but that it's also concerning a spiritual nakedness. And what we've come to understand is that when we are naked spiritually, that we are unprotected and uncovered. And to live this life uncovered and unprotected is dangerous. It's dangerous to live in this life without God. Protecting us and covering us. One of the things that I love about God is that he keeps us from both dangers seen and unseen. There are some things that we know he diverts. Uh, and there's other things that he's doing. The angels are fighting and warring on our behalf, and we have absolutely no idea that it's going on. And so there's a lot of stuff that possibly could hit your house that doesn't hit your house. Uh, take Job, for example, when the enemy said, uh, I can't touch him because you put up heads about him and all of his stuff. And you cause everything that he has to prosper. And so we also learn that naked uh, comes from the word er, you are, and it simply means to be exposed. And when you're exposed, you find yourself to be vulnerable. And because of the vulnerability, we then hide stuff rather than exposing ourselves and showing ourselves to people we're encumbered with. We cover it so we won't be looked at as being vulnerable. And so church is filled with people who have covered their issues for years and suffer in silence. Uh, we're not supposed to have mental issues. We're not supposed to uh, suffer from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. We're not supposed to have problems. And so we put on this facade and we cover our issues. Meanwhile, we suffer in silence. I believe that this is why the spirit of oppression Depression and suicide is so rampant, especially in the African-American community, is because we suffer in silence because we're afraid to show ourselves and be transparent. Uh, the truth of the matter is that most people who suffer, uh, especially in the church, are people who are in leadership. Uh, because we historically, now this may offend some, historically as a people, have not known how to appreciate our leaders. Amen. I went to a conference a while back and I took the uh, associates from this church and we heard a man give a speech where he said he was afraid to become a leader in the African-American community because we allow our leaders to be assassinated and do nothing about it. Amen. He started calling off people like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and the like. And so we also learned that in the nakedness uh, that, that people suffer and, and are afraid and deal with, to deal with the issues. But we also discovered this, and this was probably one of the greatest revelations to me. In the middle of all of this, I was able to take a trip, and during the trip, I went to the beach, and while I was at the beach, I found that people who were there supposed to be exposing themselves uh, in a natural sense, but were still afraid and covered themselves for people that they didn't even know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Come on. Right. Uh -huh. Ladies' terms, went to the beach where you're supposed to be comfortable showing your body. But people were still there ashamed of what they look like. And so they put on t-shirts to cover what they look like for people that they don't even know. 
And I'm there, and I'm like, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> and I really don't care what you look like. <laughs> this is supposed to be the place that we can just show off. You at the beach. What you come to the beach for to cover up. Not so much concerned about the beach, but the church is supposed to be the place. Where you can come and be naked and not shame. But rather we find that the church has slipped into that place where when you come and you expose yourself, everybody's waiting and looking for somebody to expose. It is the enemy who looks and finds another person's nakedness and then exposes it for their own selfish gain. As a matter of fact, there are some of us who are so feeble in our thinking that we know that we're naked and we know our flaws, we know where we fall short, but we would rather see other people's nakedness because it makes us forget about our own. Matter of fact, there's some people that you deal with on a daily who don't like you, who look to see your nakedness. Watch you. Watch your posts. Watch your house. Watch how you work. Mess around and show up late. And they're watching so that they can report you. Yeah, and so they look forward to expose your nakedness. What we found was, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, that the Bible says that the serpent was more subtile than any other beast of the field. That word subtle is the same word as nakedness. So essentially, not only were Adam and his wife naked, but the serpent was naked as well. But his nakedness was on the other end of the spectrum and tied to his nakedness was deception. And so we learn that you have to be careful of people that you show your nakedness to that are going to try to use it to deceive you. There's some people in your circle that will get close enough just to find out your weaknesses. I also learned this yesterday, and I shared this with some folk, that I learned that Jesus told the disciples, suffer them not to come unto me. When the people were trying to bring the children to him, he stopped them and said, no, let the children come on. Uh That's what this revelation said to me. Everybody didn't have access to Jesus. Come on on now. He didn't chastise them for checking people who were trying to get to him. He just made a point. Let the children come on. What that means is that you do have to be protective of those who are trying to get to you and get at you. Because everybody does not have your best interests at all. And so we walked through all of that in the last six weeks and then we turned it over to Genesis chapter 6 where we found that Noah was a just and upright man and walked with God but something happened. He got drunk on his own wine because he couldn't handle success. And there's the people who, uh, when they get successful and they get intoxicated with what God has done for them and they forget where they came from. They forget that God has blessed them. It was him that brought them. It was God that elevated them. And then they forget. And Noah got drunk on his own wine. Talked about people being intoxicated with malice, intoxicated with jealousy, intoxicated with their beauty, their fame. They're intoxicated with themselves. Don't you know that that was the thing that got the enemy kicked out of heaven? He became intoxicated with himself. It was God who made him beautiful. It was God who designed him. It was God who gave him all of his gifts. And he looked at himself and said, I shall be like as unto the most high. And God said, I'm kicking you out. He 
Your vision is impaired. Your speech is impaired. And you are unwilling and unable to consent properly. What that means is you'll find yourself doing stuff that you didn't intend to do. And you'll wake up the next morning not remembering what happened to you. But the Bible says Noah awakened from his drunkenness and realized what Ham had done. Ham had taken advantage of his father. God gave Noah a token of the covenant that he was going to give him in Genesis chapter 9. And he said to him, I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky. Ham took advantage of him, and then now they got this thing where this lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual, queer community takes the same token that God said and tries to make the rainbow the symbol of their gay pride. So we learned that God has as the apex of his kingdom the marriage of man and woman because the Bible says they were naked and not ashamed. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. But the enemy now has tried to take the same thing and his kingdom is a kingdom of darkness and he's going to try to mirror what God has done. And so God says, I want you to replenish the earth. Well, the enemy takes that because replenishing is done through the intimacy. The seed is planted through from the man to the woman. Woman gives man a child where the enemy says, I'm going to stop reproduction because in his kingdom, the unity is man and man, woman and woman, doing what the Bible says is shameful. Romans chapter 1 verse 27, that's what it says, and my word is his. I shall have the same opinion as him. However he feels about it, that's how I feel about it. Don't get mad at him, control my boss. And so the Bible says that the nakedness then we understand the nakedness now we get to the point that we are today because we traveled through all of this and we found that the, the promised land because Noah cursed his, uh, his son Canaan's son or uh, Ham's son Canaan and so Canaan then is the place that we know as the promised land the promised land was inhabited by people who were the descendants of Ham Ham's children and his children's children were in the promised land and God says I can't have you in the land that I promised to my people and so he tells Abraham listen I want to send you somewhere but I ain't going to tell you where it's at and so we learn that God will sometimes take you on a journey and have you going places all you got to do is walk with him you got to trust him because he won't always tell you where I'm taking you to because the truth of the matter is, is if God showed you where he was taking you to, you might decide you don't want to go. Yeah, because it's not going to always be the straight path. There's going to be some crooks and some curves. Be some, that's why I love the song that it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. So when you are at extreme highs or extreme lows, the blood will find you wherever you are. And so it also says that the borders of Canaan stretched out to Sodom and Gomorrah. And God destroyed those places because of sexual immorality. And so then we learned that God punished them by driving them out of the land, the promised land, and brought the children of Israel into a land that was swarmed with milk and honey. So we find ourselves to where we are today. That was, that was good enough. So we find our place today. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, that all things are naked before him. Yeah. Yeah. All things are open before him. Yeah. For God says that there's nothing that's hidden from my sight. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. All things are naked before him. Yeah. Sometimes I just go out the kitchen. <laughs> All things are open before him. Nothing is hidden from his side. I remember when he sent Samuel down to the house of Jesse. 
think it's 1 Samuel chapter 16, and he told Jesse, he said, now, Je uh, so Samuel, Jesse got some good-looking boys. He's going to bring all the good-looking boys out before you. But don't be fooled by what they look like. Man looks at the outward appearance. Yeah, so you can cover up some of your stuff. You, you can cover up uh, jealousy. You can cover up madness. It's, you can come to church and not like somebody and still be dressed up and nobody will know. But it's God who looks at the heart. So I said one more time, all things are naked before him. All things are open before him. We can front, stunt, perpetrate, hypocrite, and do whatever else we want to do. But the Bible says, while you're worried about fooling folk, there's only one person that you're really accountable to. So I, I'm not worried about dressing up. I'm not trying to live right so people can know I'm living right. Because people don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. While we're worried about looking good on Sunday, let me know what you got going on in your heart on Monday. How can I sit in the same sanctuary with folk and praise and worship the same God and yet hold and harbor unforgiveness, dislike, malice, jealousy, envy, strife? I'm a drunkard, I'm a whoremonger, I'm an adulterer, I'm a fornicator, I'm a liar, and we sit and have good church. Oh, good. 
that you got a praise in you, yeah. but truth be told, you got a cuss in you too. I know that you are praising, but the Bible says that, that Paul said, when I try to do right, yeah. I find myself doing wrong. When, when I, I want to do good, evil is present. When I try to do evil, good is present. He said there's, there's a conflict going on inside of me. I, I want to do the right thing, but he said it's not me, but it's the sin that's in me. Oh, 
of God. Christ died for the ungodly. I need y'all to catch this part. While we were yet the enemies of God, Christ died for the ungodly. That while we were at our worst, not deserving to live, that's when he chose to send his son. How can I then look at people who are not at their best? Come on now. Let me tell you what this what this type of judgment has done. Now people think they gotta get themselves together before they can come to church. Yeah, let me stop drinking before I come. Man, you wrestling with a spirit that you don't even know you wrestling with. You wrestling with some stuff that's greater than you. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, that those of us who are spiritual are supposed to be able to restore such a one. But we're so busy in our own stuff that we can't get our own stuff together. We're so busy trying to come up our own stuff that we can't help nobody else. We're so busy trying to come up what we got going on that the church of the outside world has begun to call us hypocrites. I ain't trying to hide nothing I got going on. It just ain't nobody's business but me and the Lord.
can be naked before him and not be ashamed. You can fool church folk. But we can't fool God. We can fool folks. Because we are gifted and talented. But we can't fool God. And he loves us anyway. And says you can be naked before me. And you don't have to be ashamed. Amen. Part seven next week, same time, same place. Amen. <laughs>